Today we are discussing As Above, So Below. I uh, can't recall what year this movie came out. It's somewhat recent. I'm wanting to say 2015. Do you want to bet on it? No, no, that's fine. It's 2014. Oh, close. Okay. It's pretty good for just using your noggin. Uh, this is a urban exploring movie. It's like uh, the French Descent. It, it, it's very descent like, yeah. like <laughs> I, I, I'm good with just describing it as French descent. Yeah, I mean it's like um, totally different, but it's got it's it's underground, so it's got that going for it. Yeah, like it, it's just got the same vibe. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what's the what's the the city that they're in. This Paris, France. Do you not know I where the catacombs? <laughs> Have you never heard of the catacombs? <laughs> No. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I mean, I, I have in this film. I didn't know if that was fictional or not. <laughs> no, that's like totally real, man. <laughs> cool. Oh, man, that's awesome. Man, we are. Uh, and it makes this film infinitely more frightening. We're we're educators. Thanks obviously. for including me in that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you teach me things every day. Yes, today I found out that Cole also didn't know about it. Um, <laughs> so, like, this is my second time watching it so i still really enjoy the movie i i I had a few more critiques this time around definitely the opening bit's kind of a blur to me for the most part i just remember scarlet like she is the one that wants to explore these catacombs and she's doing like a very brief segment at the beginning of like putting a team together basically well even before that she's in um i believe it's iran or Iran, or Iran, however you prefer to say it. And uh, she's sneaking into some place that's um, slated for destruction, I think, in search of something called the Rosetta Key, or the Rose Key. I can't remember exactly which. Um, this, Yeah, this is like the second or third time I've seen this, and uh, something about watching it for a third time makes me a little hazy on the details. She goes to find this, like, religious relic. Religious? Religious relic. Uh, In a place that she's not supposed to be. Narrowly avoids getting blown to bits when this place gets exploded. And that's where it opens. And then I guess the next thing we see is Benji filming her talking about who she is, right? Yeah, she's given, like, a little bit of background. And she is super educated and overqualified for pretty much anything yeah i mean like i have a buddy who's doing his phd right now and he's like three years younger than me she seems a little young to have so many different degrees and have a doctorate and do all this traveling she's fluent in seven languages yeah she's a real catch that i was getting almost like a old school detective movie vibe at the beginning because her buddy that they go to pick up at he's like working on a clock tower george or like some sort of bell tower really got that uh, you know he's like hey, hey 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 listen you know i know you're trying to wrangle me and i, I don't do that anymore yeah it's like a one last no. heist movie yeah exactly like yeah you know she she shows him like the the evidence like she's got a hot lead He's like, God damn it, you got me back in the case. Yeah. <laughs> this is my last job, you hear me? And yeah, then they... I, th- this scene, I've already forgotten what they're doing here, but I, I guess just looking for this one dude in particular, uh, but it, it appears to be at a nightclub. Yeah, so and she she and Benji are in Paris. They go to collect her old friend George, who is... His hobby is to fix things so they find him fixing uh a clock tower like a clock in a tower that hasn't chimed in over 200 years which is a weird detail to include but uh once they collect him he knows of a guy 
called Papillon, who, which is French for butterfly, uh, that they go in search of at this club because she tells Scarlet, that is, tells George that she's found the location of the Philosopher's Stone and it's buried under Paris. And, and he's like, okay, I know a guy who can get us down there. Also, that's another thing that I didn't know, the Nicholas Flamel concept. Uh, up until watching this movie, I fully thought that Nicholas Flamel was just a character in Harry Potter. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, uh, this is one that I, I agree. Yeah, I had no idea that he was anybody other than uh, a Harry Potter character. I mean, yeah, I knew that I the Philosopher's was... Stone was a thing. And like alchemy... I, I alchemy as being a thing and i think that like uh who's that gravity guy newton newton i'm pretty sure was involved in alchemy so i i didn't really start paying too much attention until they hit the catacombs this time mm. around i don't think that uh, it is really that important i don't think we really get much other than the fact that uh scarlet has known george for a long time yeah for sure i just remember in my memory this film was yeah, I, th I thought that the film opened up in the nightclub. Oh, crazy. However, once we do finally get to the catacombs, like, I, I think that, like, oh, man, that... The, the, the tone is immediately set for scary. Yeah, it happens very quickly. I think that this film, the reason I compare it to The Descent in my head so often is simply due to the fact that I get the exact same feeling of claustrophobia i don't i i totally hear what you're saying and there are some like even like scene for scene there's a couple of comparable things that like are present in what i assume are all caves and all tunnels and are a reason that i won't go into them but um i found that like the descent like kept up the kept the foot on the gas as far as um as that claustrophobia and and tension and everything like kept ramping up and up and up and up whereas with this film throughout it like you get these moments of claustrophobia and tension but then there's like some super supernatural stuff that kind of like takes you out of it and there's a lot more room to breathe i found i found yeah and i think it's it's nearly i'd say the final quarter of this film is when most of my critiques take place right like the, the the first half fully has me. Oh, absolutely. And that held up in this watch. I was like, oh man, like this is a film where I'm really glad I only have seen it once before because I actually forgot a healthy amount. Oh, nice. And I was able to be scared again. There were two scenes that actually like got me. Yeah. Um. Which I think I have them written down. Oh, yeah, that one. Uh, cool. Well, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> I think I might have just had a stroke. Laughed the boy. <laughs> uh, thank you. Okay, so we're, we're, we've gotten to the catacombs, right? Yes. Okay. Our crew currently consists of Scarlet. The doctoral professor. I would sign up for any class that she's offering. We have Benji, uh, her new friend slash cameraman that she's hired to document the, the, the search for the Philosopher's Stone. We have George, potentially an old love interest, at the very least an old friend. We have Papillon, the French uh, tunnel man uh, we have Susie Papillon's girlfriend another French woman and we have Zeb I think it's Zeb not Zed I think it's Zeb mm, Zeb I'm That's getting a fun name I'm getting trapped in the Zeb the dark Zeb uh He's, uh, I, I guess he's just a buddy of, 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 he's, he's, he's one of the, he's another Frenchman and they're all, the they know the, the, the three French, French, the three French people know their way around the, the catacombs. 
like it, it's a good concept to have characters down there that uh, have some sort of knowledge. Uh, definitely made the film more believable at the start for me, opposed to a bunch of people just being like, "All right, let's dive on in here." Yeah, because this place seems huge. The first area that they walk by, though, like like when they like they like they're just in it, and they hear that ritualistic chanting, dude. I think that's where I would have opted out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, in fact, I think, because at this, okay, all along, all the way up until this point, George has been like, I'm not coming down into the catacombs with you. Like, I'm coming a little bit of the way, and then, like, whatever, like, I'll wait for you, or, and, and he just, like, keeps getting brought further and further in. Poor George. Like, that's, that's some bullshit. You shouldn't. You shouldn't let you shouldn't let people force you to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah, don't don't let yourself get bullied like that, man. I would have been catacombs scary enough where like my, my head's already gonna be doing for some reason trying to sabotage myself into scaring myself. Like I oh oh did did you see someone down there? Totally. That that weird droning singing sound. If if that's not a red flag nothing is yeah i'm pretty sure that uh were i to even like i don't even need to see that room if i hear somebody making songs like that I, like i it's tough because you want to look tough in front of cool scarlet um <laughs> self-preservation has to come in at some point i mean it's the type of singing that it is and then when you do round the corner and you see you almost wonder though like if you are in this kind of situation and you see a room full of women all wearing like the same kind of culty robes and there's like candles and pentagrams and shit and they're singing a horrible song, like a part of you would be like, oh man, like a bunch of witches, that's fucking rad. Cause like, you know, we love witchy women, uh, I, the royal we, um, witches are, witches are so hot right now. As soon as that one turns to look at them like that's my cue to leave then that's one of the two actual scares that i got because it's not a jump scare per se it's just one of those like this movie does deliver a couple points of that like almost existential dread like just something is horribly wrong here that woman that stares at them yeah that is the the, the same person that they see outside of the nightclub right is it like where they're like she keeps staring at us and like they're filming her oh i don't even she I, her head back. fuck i don't even remember that oh, okay it's i, I was pretty I, i'm 99 percent sure yeah i mean uh, uh probably the fact that they do get past the ritual room yeah i think if you were able to stomach that then mm. you're definitely uh, you know juiced up for for anything after that so. Yeah, I I think it's probably worth mentioning too that the reason George doesn't want to come is because his fucking brother drowned in a cave. So that's fair. Sm smart, that's fair. smart George. Bad things happen mm -hmm. in caves. Don't go down to caves. Simple as that. When yeah. are they gonna learn, Cole? Well, ho hopefully, no time soon. Because I love watching these movies. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> I, I I'm going to call it an intersection. In my head, but there's that first uh, bit that they get to where a hole is sealed off, and they have to crawl. So like this weird squeeze that just is littered with bones. Fuck yeah! This place is almost set up as though it were designed by like some sort of game master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like. You and I have played a lot of D&D together, and I'm sure that we've been through something like this. And if we yeah, haven't like, yet, this would be a good thing to draw in, from which to draw inspiration. Yeah, once you you pass the ritual room, and now you're at the weird bone passage. Yeah. Which, like, oh my god, that... He, uh, Papillon suggests rolling their sleeves over their hands... The amount of padding you would need to walk over bones, and some of those have got to be broke. Like, I, I can't see any way that you'd make it across that without just hurting yourself 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I actually really like that detail where he mentions um, to do that because the bones are sharp and they will cut you. Um, the bones being sharp is a great detail. And then <laughs> the bones are their money. Yeah, I know. I know, buddy. <laughs> this is the way in which you said it. It's just the bones. <laughs> the bones. <laughs> Exact. Dude, can you just believe they left these lying around here? <laughs> Alright, give me give me your rat take. <laughs> my my rat take? Yeah, the thing about the rats. Oh yes. There's a uh, rats are also in the pile of bones. Wait, what <laughs> nothing. It's just uh the flow is gone. Okay. Yeah, it's he gets jammed. Yeah, and uh, another stellar performance of absolute panic. And uh, yeah, that whole segment, I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, I think I think he actually sold it better than um, I want to say Sarah from the Descent, but that's not the right name, is it? I think I think it's Sarah. Oh fuck yeah! That's what was in my head. So oh if perfect. Not then we both messed up. Fuck it, it's not like we've seen it six times. Um, yeah, I think that, like, I mean, her performance was great, but but Benji's just, like, hit different. He he just did such a good job of emulating that, uh, the, the look of hyperventilation. Mm -hmm. Like, I could feel his shortness of breath. Yeah, and the, the and like, the, 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 that it was it was causing him to become irrationally, like, angry and 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 like the like the just fucking go forward like like i totally i totally get that and uh yeah he fucking crushed it i thought that was fantastic uh speaking of crushing it yeah uh, uh a cave-in i find is always plot hook for these types of films absolutely you go into a but it always works yeah it's perfect yeah it, it's it's one of those cliches where i i, I can't really imagine myself ever being mad not really oh, like but... seeing that in a film mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's like, like it's it's such an easy and reasonable plot device to give you the excuse that like these people can't just go back exactly reasonable and believable but i guess actually you know what if i were if i if i am ever to get stuck in, but if i were to be stuck in the same situation i would be doing everything in my power to go back the way I came so that I didn't get stuck further. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I, even if I'm three quarters of the way through, I'm done. I'm good, because I don't want to have to go all the way through this again. I know that I was somehow able to get up here before, so I'm just going to fucking shimmy my way back. I'll meet you guys on the flip side. I'll go hang out with the sexy witches and the not-so-sexy witches. Like, I'm good. I mean, I think just for the sake of being realistic, because with the with the ritual room, as much as I hate to say it, I'm pretty sure that there's a good chance like the curiosity would get the better of me. The any area where I don't feel like I'd be able to fit through comfortably, I don't think that I'm going to find myself in any sort of like caving situation similar to this. But if I were to, like that, that's the actual spot where it's a. It's a no for me. Yeah, it's a no for me, Doug. I'm like, I'm a pretty small dude, so if I can't fit, then I don't want to even witness someone else try to loop themselves up through that. Yeah, fuck. Sometimes I feel like I'm getting squeezed just getting on the bus. <laughs> I want to hear from you, fellow fatties. <laughs> but, but shortly after they get through, and like they're. Starting it. Oh no no no! I made a mistake. Um, because this is the segment where they find out that they basically just circled around. Somehow, it's the first. Yeah, they come up the other. It's the first indication that there's um, that there's maybe something going on here. Mm hmm. Well, not the first indication. The cultists were probably a pretty good indication too. But yeah, I just think that th this is somewhat of. A critique I have of the film because it seems so blatantly paranormal or 
otherworldly. So the fact that they have this occurrence, they come out exactly where they came in. And with the amount of people that are already expressing a disinterest in this adventure, I, I did have a very hard time believing that the entire group would then uh, break down the forbidden wall and trek further into the catacombs. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of thought that that would have been a really good area for at least one or two of these people to boogie on out. And I, I think that the film could have progressed just fine with less people. In fact, that uh, would be, that would be, that would be a, a more believable way of, of slimming down the, 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 the mm -hmm. group. Cause it, yeah, like that, that was just like, that's got bad written all over it. Like yeah. there, there's no logical way in which you could have just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, it does sort of like play to, um, what happens when the inexperienced go down into caves and tunnels and things like it's not like it's not easy to get turned around so if you're inexperienced and you don't really know that that well like you could understand thinking like oh man how how is that possible but still kind of believing that it makes some kind of sense i mean the thing is yeah. that uh i think at that point papillon is like like I didn't lead us in circles. Like that didn't happen. Oh, that, that shouldn't be there. Adamant. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't he saying like we're definitely not going through there? Oh yeah, yeah. He he made it so clear that no one, no one that has gone in there, has come back out. Mm -hmm. And then after that horrible experience, George somehow decides to be like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's that's a that's a little gripe I have. I I think that at the very least, he should have bounced. Yeah, I would, and for his sake, I mean, I, I guess things kind of work out for him, but he wouldn't have had to. I don't know, poor George. Yeah, it seems like he could have had a oh man, like, I, and like this could have been such a magical night for him. Like he could have just gone back to the hotel, thrown on Netflix, like no one else is in the room. Have a bath if you want. Yeah, maybe you know, uh, use the... break out the Kleenex and the lotion. Hotel room's all yours, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lonely. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's around this time that we get that telephone ringing too, right? That's what I was going to jump to because mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's definitely not a jump scare. But this scene was, like, for myself, that's... That 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 was such a good, scary moment. Yeah, that's the kind of horror that's like, man, something is seriously fucked up. Because uh, yeah, how was there a phone three hundred and seventy feet below ground? Yeah, like they used to run phone lines down here. Yeah, right, buddy. Yeah. And, <sighs> Didn't they say I mean, they said something in it by way of explanation that like there was there were building like a hotel or something that had like 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 crashed through a sinkhole or so, or got buried somehow the thing about Regardless. the the thing that, about the phone that i really liked and that really um landed itself well to creating that sort of sense of foreboding is that it didn't have a regular pacing to the ringing like it it would rang and then it was like 10 seconds and then it rang again and then kind of nothing after like the third or fourth ring, I think, and then maybe two minutes later it starts ringing again, and then then at that point it's like ringing pretty rapidly, like more <laughs> urgently. The decision to pick the phone up, I'm trying to think of what what what's like what's the best case scenario? What can you possibly hope to gain from <laughs> yellow? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would probably answer it. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah, no, thing, I know, like you have to, but as much of a as much of a frady cat as I am, like my take for example, my my current uh, workspace. Um, we've taken over this building from like eighteen fifty two. Um, I've been in there alone at night. 
I, and I've actively like listened for creepy shit, and I've heard a couple things, but um, <laughs> like like if I if I were what you continue, I I've got something afterwards. Oh nice, oh nice. Uh, if uh if I were to hear if I were to be on the the ringing end of this phone. I think the curiosity would drive me mad. I'd have to know who was on the other line just to make sure that like, just yeah. to even see if there even actually is somebody calling. Sure. And I can relate to the curiosity aspect. And I do think that in large, that there's, there's a lot of things that I say I wouldn't do with the knowledge that I would absolutely do them just due to the curiosity. However, uh, and I'm just going to talk you up here really briefly. Because I can confidently say I, I think that we're we're, we're both pretty uh, easily frightened folk. Yeah. I think, though, however, I will absolutely make good on my exclamations of leaving situations, bailing, and you have at multiple points <laughs> just sat through horrifying <laughs> things that I have done to you, <laughs> and at one point. <laughs> slept through thinking that your room was haunted yeah okay we should tell the listeners of this story because this thing this is i love you buddy but this this almost broke my mind <clears throat> a number of years ago cole and i lived in a house together with uh two other guys that's not where the story gets good one day uh i came home at the, at the, at the time we were living together I was going to school full-time as well as working, uh, I think, like, four or five days a week. So, I was not in a great place mentally. Anyway, I came home after a particularly rough day. And at the time, I would smoke cannabis every night, you know, to take the edge off. And I'd go back downstairs to my room. My room is the only one on the ground floor. I go into my room, I'm laying down, I'm getting ready for bed. I believe that at this point, I had to work at 5 a.m. the next day. I'm pretty sure. Um, and there were there were people still hanging, up in the, hanging out in the living room above my room. So I'm laying there, and I've got like a, a podcast going like to help me get to sleep. Um, there's people upstairs, so I can still hear a little bit of noise. But I hear the sound of someone going like, can you hear me? And, uh, and I'm like, was that on the, was that on the podcast? So I pause my phone and then I hear this, another sound and I'm like, what the fuck? And I can tell that it's not coming from upstairs. So I look out my bedroom window, nobody there, um, so I'm starting to get a little freaked out. And then I hear another whisper. So I turn my podcast back on, turn the volume on that up, and then just like cover my head with my blanket and force myself to go to sleep. I don't tell anybody anything about what's happened here. At this point, too, my biggest fears are either going insane or seeing ghosts. Those are my biggest fears. So at this point, I think I might be, I, I might be done. I might, my goose might be cooked. I don't tell anybody at the house what's going on. I then wake up the next day, go to work, come home. I'm in my room changing. I, I enter my room. I take my pants off. And then I hear, Can you hear me? And I... I had this... This millisecond where... I was on the edge of losing my mind. <laughs> and then I took a breath. I'm like, there's no fucking way. So then I heard another sound and I look around and I can kind of hear the direction that it's coming from. And this motherfucker bugged one of the books on my bookshelf with like a Halloween speaker that makes spooky sounds. Oh, actually, no, no. I hadn't found it yet, because what happened... Sorry, I skipped... <laughs> okay, okay. so I'm changing, and I hear the sound of someone saying, Can you hear me? 
What? I'll let you tell the next part of the story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just remember you like stomping upstairs, <laughs> like staring us down with like the serial killer eyes. Like, okay, if you guys are messing with me, tell me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> and then you showed me the bug. And there were two in there, right? No, it was just the one. Oh, just the one. Right, because it, it being had in like the... seven different sounds, though. Yeah, being in one the of butcher... which was a little girl giggling, which is the one that I thought would have... Oh, God. I'm so glad I didn't hear that one. In fact, actually, yeah. I think I heard that one while listening to the podcast but it, the way that they mixed like it, it could have been the podcast so i didn't notice it mm-hmm. um yes. but yeah the way it was placed in the bookshelf and the way my bookshelf was positioned in relation to my bed like i would have never known the direction that it was coming from man that was brilliant that was oh, almost yeah. as good as the time you guys covered my room in tinfoil and everything <laughs> in it um Anyway, so thank you for that t- for indulging that tangent, everybody. Um, I don't think I lost my mind. I'm pretty sure I'm still relatively sane, and uh, Cole and I are still good buddies. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, that that thing was well worth the like five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> You know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure someone could still get that with get me with that today, like just yeah, hide I, I it somewhere else. And the, the thing that gets me though, like my point in bringing it up, is the fact that if I were in my room, and I'm sleeping and I'm cozy, I'm I'm in my cozy space, and I actually believe that I heard someone say, "Hear me!" Immediate reaction: Nope. <laughs> like I would have been up out. In the car, at my parents' house, within a uh, irresponsible time frame due to going over the speed limit. Uh, <laughs> scooch. Yeah, you know, um, my... I would have M- torn that room apart. <laughs> my MO is to avoid my problems, so uh, you just sleep through it and then uh, you'll be fine. It's the fact that you somehow managed to get... <laughs> to be fair, I did watch you fall asleep standing up once so where there's a will there's a way listen i'm uh i've lived a life yeah that's <laughs> i can't even remember oh yeah the phone the phone ringing that's where we yeah, were, yeah, were. Yeah, yeah i can't remember who was on the phone i it just i heard a male voice and i think he says like why aren't you answering my calls or something mm, okay yeah, and then uh, and then we also she looks shook and hangs up the phone and doesn't tell anyone about it. Right. Okay. Because this is all these scary things are supposed to be part of their past. Right. And this has to do with her father phoning her the night before he committed suicide, but she did not pick up the phone. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a bummer. And then they they find the creepy old piano. Yeah, and, and her George... buddy's like, "Oh, yeah, George." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, we, I, I used to used to jam on one of these bad boys, but we could never finish the song because one of the keys was all, and the same key is jacked up, and it's and, the same uh... like model of piano and everything." Mm-hmm. And they still don't turn back; they bravely press forward. Well, because uh, at this point. They can't turn back, for one thing, because there's been a cave-in. So they're trying to find a way out. Didn't the cave-in bring them back to the room, though? What room? Like, at that intersection? No, because, okay, they it brought them to a different place, but that same entrance was there. And there was was his, like, Papillon's, um, like, tag, which made them think that he'd already been down there. And he's like, I swear to God, I've never been through here before. Right. Okay. Cool. But then, shortly after the piano session, they see the mole. And this is Papillon's buddy, who uh, two years hasn't been seen for two years. They say he's been living down here. He was a caver once, like them, and got lost. Mm-hmm. He well, went... he went through the forbidden doorway. Yeah, the no-no zone. 
this guy didn't do a good job of just looking. He he added a additional level of unease unease to the scene because he looks exactly like the type of person I would imagine had been living down there for two years. Yeah, that's a that's a straight up. Uh, I'm not gonna trust you. You look you like the don't devil. Seem trustworthy. No, the dead black eyes of a shark. And somehow he, he, if he's been down here for two years, he's somehow been shaving, and his hair isn't grown. Like, nothing adds up. And, you know, he's alive, so he's been eating something. Rats. Oh, yeah, rats. Guess if you boiled them, that wouldn't really sanitize them. Yeah, well, depends what kind of disease and what kind of parasite. I mean, I don't know a lot about eating rats yet, but... (laughs) I'm just thinking, like, if, if it were a, a healthy, clean rat, I mean, there's probably nothing wrong with rat meat. Yeah, I mean, I think they've eaten them on Survivor. Yeah. Yeah, jungle rats. You want jungle rats, not city rats. Mmm. Yeah. That's my problem. Gotta get some jungle rats. Dude, wasn't there okay. a kid's show about that? Jungle rat and city rat? Oh, I'm thinking of town mouse and country mouse. <laughs> city mouse and country city <laughs> hmm i much prefer city rat and jungle rat yeah me too <laughs> uh oh right okay sorry i know i'm i'm getting back to piecing this together the the dude like they, they have almost no dialogue and then he's just like you want to get out of here and then he starts walking away and he's moving at a lightning quick speed because they don't see him move fast but every time they put the camera on him he's way far ahead yeah and he takes them to a hole in the ground and he's just like oh yeah if you want to get out you gotta go deeper which doesn't sound right but I mean fair enough I guess this guy knows the network well yeah better, if, but... he, if he somehow survived and just decided to live in these tunnels for the last two years like I'm sure he's he's like fine it makes sense yeah uh just oh god that hole just looks so not for me um i i do like that they actually like properly repel down though yeah they don't just jump yeah just uh you know pop down come on down yeah yeah it's good that they still had climbing equipment and that they knew how to use said climbing equipment. At this point, Benji, um, like something happens where he drops a bit and burns up his hands, right? Right. Yes. So, of course, anytime you're caving slash rock climbing, obligatory rope burn scene. I can't remember what room they end up in. They end up in... Uh, they're getting freaked out because they're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And there's they can't find any any way that it seems like they could be getting out. And then Scarlet spots a scarab carved into a rock. And she's like, oh, oh is, that, is that a scarab? So once she sees that, she starts thinking about ancient Egypt. And then thinks about like a Ptolemaic lever or something that... Uh, pharaohs would use in order to like hide secret entrances and then she and George piece piece together based on the reading that she took from that thing that she saw in the first scene of the film she's got this poem and they reason out together that something something planets something Copernicus oh oh also though they they have to pull out the flat rock, and all I could picture was, like, even if that was the right lever, just something shifting, and, like, the rock on top just, just oh. crushes their fingers. Yeah, dude, I don't want any fingies crushed. Yeah, that had a hand injury. Hand, hand injury. That had hand injury written all over it. Mm-hmm. Where are the safety gloves? Yeah. Uh, if, if and when... Okay, I know I've said several times on this podcast that I'm never going into a cave. 
But we never know what life will throw at us, and sometimes you might find yourself in a cave. And sometimes you might find yourself harnessed to climbing equipment. Can we make a mental note to remind each other to wear fucking gloves if we're going to be handling climbing rope? Because I don't want to deal with... Just speaking of hand injuries, both of these I feel like could have been saved had they been wearing sturdy climbing gloves. Yeah, no need to ask me twice. Yeah, okay, good. Glove it up. Glovely. Oh, the thought of going into one of these places without gloves is uh, just gross. So they popped this hole open, and directly inside is a dude who looks to be like a Knights Templar, uh, who is clearly dead, but hasn't aged at all. No decay, no nothing. I guess positing that uh, this chamber was completely airtight at the time of his burial. And I don't even know if that actually... Like, if you... If you put something organic into an airtight chamber, will that stop it from decaying? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but also, if there's no moisture, no bugs... Just time. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not a doctor. If, if somebody knows, send us an email. And you, know I who, will... you know who we got to call. Yeah, he would know. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you. I don't think this guy's going to make it. <laughs> Quickly, he needs 60 cc's of spaghetti. Okay. He's, he's not Professor Pasta. <laughs> oh, I know I'm a soupman by trade, but everyone loves spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. Yeah, I mean, he's a medical professional, right? He, you know, Dr. Soup would be a good name for a coroner, actually. So they go deeper into this chamber. Is the next thing that they find the treasure room? I, I was just about to say, I think that they strike gold. Oh, and I'm pretty sure they also lose that dude. Um... I don't know if he just didn't go down the hole with him. The dude that's been living in the network. Oh, the mole. Yes. Yeah, he's just. I, I gone. think he's just. Yeah, he's just, he's just missing, and they're like, oh, "Okay, like probably a ghost." So let me just take a look here. No, I... but yeah, I'm sure he'll catch up. Yeah, and uh, they start as you would, you know, ugly treasure. Uh, Scarlet's trying to be a little bit more methodical in her approach to examining things and eventually comes to the conclusion that the Philosopher's Stone was hidden in plain sight uh, and is embedded within like one of the art installations on the wall. I, th I think it's on some sort of a beetle or scarab and she pries it out with a knife. Yeah, and then pretty quickly realizes that there's a... I think it's Susie and Zed and uh, Papillon, maybe. Maybe all three of them are trying to pop open um, this, like, chamber. It's, like, full of gold or something, isn't it? Gold and jewels mm -hmm. and jewelry and trinkets. And then... The, 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 the treasure. Yeah, treasure. And then Scarlet calls out, wait, it's a trap. Another flawless impression, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what, what I'm doing. Not acting. Sincerely, I, I would love to see a play just full of people. Where like you can, you can do a British accent, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember what the trap does? Like, does the room just start? I think collapsing? it. Be, I, yeah, I think it begins a cave in. So then they all escape that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they like get out a secret door or something? Yeah. No, I think they go back the way they came. Because I, well, at the very least, I know we see that Knight's Templar uh, corpse again. Because I distinctly remember thinking, like, this is a cool detail. They made it age extremely quickly, so now it looks like it's decayed. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a neat little detail. Yeah, so I guess yeah, you're probably right. They back. I, I know they end up in some sort of room 
with water that looks more cave-like and catacomb lad is down there again but he's just like zoned out oh yeah they're, they're trying to communicate with him like hey we we were, we were talking about you you all right and he's just he's giving him nothing yeah he's, he's just blankly staring and Susie walks right up to him yeah that's a big uh no thanks it's it's a big no and why would the fact that Papillon didn't like grab her and just be hey yeah maybe it all happened so maybe fast not. i guess but yeah <laughs> cuz oh like this is a jarring death scene oh yeah like she i'm pretty sure she like touches his shoulder and he just slams her on the ground and just smashes her face a couple times really really smooths it down and then and then he and then he jets yeah he just runs away right oh right cuz they no they come in and they hit him with their headlamps and doesn't he freak out and then stop reacting and then she goes up to touch him all i know is that he uh like smashes her into a pulp and then yeah takes his leave yeah and then is this where scarlet uses the philosopher's stone she tries to she i think she like breaks off a piece of it and like sprinkles it on her yeah i don't know uh what used to be her face oh uh, she had previously healed susie after the cave-in and then oh. they go and do this whole thing after going through a place uh, with an inscription above that said, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Which is same as Dante's Inferno, the inscription on the gates of hell. That's when they find uh, that mole guy again. It, it felt more like a haunted... Oh, wait. Sorry, I think that we froze again. No, I'm here. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> perfectly still <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's my reason you could have had a heart attack and I'm just talking about oh. I hope that's how I go I just have a stroke while I'm talking to you and then it's just like well, I guess we're frozen okay I'll catch you next time and then you just close the computer <laughs> and then my obituary photo is just me still clutching the mic looking off to the side <laughs> like one bite into a chicken wing or something. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm sure that you did hear me, but I was just saying, uh, I, I think from this point on in the film, it kind of felt more like a haunted house movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is and where things really start taking a turn. Yeah, and, and like a, a lot of the things I think could have been scary if it was a different film, but it's not. Yeah, it's the same movie, and uh, the scares get a little bit too direct, and there's some special effects that kind of took me out of the feeling. Sure, uh, I think with Papillon we get there's like a a burning car. Yeah, what happens to Benji? I don't remember how he dies. Benji, um... If memory serves, he... Oh, no. Okay. Got it. I don't... Does he just fall? I I'm wanting to... S no, that was what I was thinking in my head, because I'm pretty sure, like, I don't remember his corpse looking all jacked up. Oh, no. He, like... He definitely, like, smashes his head on something. I just couldn't remember if he got attacked by somebody or if he uh, if he fell to his death. Oh, yeah. He catches a glimpse of a female cultist holding a baby before falling to his death. And then this is where jo uh, George gets his vision of uh, his brother buried under bones. And Scarlet has to remind him that it's an illusion. Um, then we get the burning car with Papillon, which then starts dragging him into it. it it drags him into it and then i think it does this like weird little cgi like um black hole type 
Like it closes in on itself like a like a soda can. Right. And it, it, I know. I mean, like it's, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It just didn't fit the vibe, in yeah. my opinion. I, I was really, really digging the first half of this film with the creeping slow dread, mm-hmm. and everything was very vague. And it used a lot of like history and and like natural world stuff, which is pretty cool. And like solving puzzles yeah. and riddles and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like it it built a super organic feeling of like a place that sounds like it could actually exist and be haunted it's a terrifying zelda temple with no um villains one villain uh that, that's he seems like a real zelda villain too just the mole man yeah hmm. just scurries in hits you a bunch of times and then <laughs> scurries back off into the dark and you, you just know he's there you just have to deal with it and then we get the hooded figure slash figures it felt spooky the first time i watched the movie but it's still just i, I kind of wish that there weren't any actual like creatures or monsters down here right because we also got like those weird like stone people that were like embedded into the wall yeah i was gonna say i remember seeing something about like like these mouths that were gnashing that were fused with the stone of the ground or something like that Mm-hmm. I thought that looked yeah, they were like cool. Oh, they they looked really cool. The actual jump scare is neat. Like I, I like it visually, and I like it conceptually, just not for this film. Right. Who attacks George? I, I think it does. Doesn't George get attacked by one of those stone okay. people? Because like they're leaning up because they're trying to stay out of the eyeline of that hooded. Right. And then the stone's just like... Right. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, back to our earlier point. Sorry, things are getting a little disjointed because it gets chaotic out here. Um, But when we first started talking about this, I mentioned that there were, like, two things that got me. And that's what it was. It was before Benji falls to his death, it's the cultist who, like, I think she turns and then, like either attacks him or just like looks at him but it's just again it's actually the same exact scare that happens with when with the cultist in the room except that now she's underground just so revolting <laughs> fucking freak off with that bullshit forgive me for more than likely skipping over some stuff here but like i just yeah it's um i think it's george gets injured and then Scarlet tries using the Philosopher's Stone again, mm-hmm. but then cracks some sort of riddle that like she needs to look inward to yeah. herself. Yeah, she realizes that, realizes that this isn't the real one, although it was shown to heal Susie's wounds previously. So like, yeah, it, 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 like for, once again for for myself, I, I think that this film kind of tripped over the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I, I thought that the whole she does this like rapid journey back. Yeah. Through everything that they just did. Puts the stone back in there. And then comes back to join her friends in record time without. Doesn't get lost, doesn't get attacked. George is still alive somehow. That whole thing kind of felt like an unusual finish uh-huh. for me. Um, and then they get to yet another hole in the ground. Uh, and this one they actually do drop down because she believes that they need to, like, purge their sins or something. Yeah, it's like letting go and and yeah. and just, like, having um, faith, I guess. And they just fall into a empty room. There's a bunch of panic because they're like, oh, man, like... We're still trapped. Now we can't get out of here. Yeah. And we just jump down a hole. And... They notice a manhole cover or a, yeah, man, manhole cover. Yeah, and then I think they try uh, to lift it up and they can't, which starts a little bit more panic, which I could totally see. Oh yeah, and then by accident they like kind of give it a push and notice that it has a bit of give. Yeah, and they're able to push it down, slide it over, and th- th- I will say that this scene visually. Is really cool. Yeah, definitely looks awesome. I, yeah, I, I the, gotta the... say, it's pretty incredible that they've managed to keep their camera this whole time. 
especially since yeah. the cameraman's dead. Kept their camera the whole time and managed to get some great footage mm. from start to finish. We have a segment of them like crawling out and like the upside down, like very true to the, the film's title, like they like, flip kind of thing. Yeah, they crawl out of the manhole and end up right side up in the streets of Paris again. All I could think about when I was watching that was just how insane that gravitational shift must feel like. Totally. It would feel so scary climbing through that hole, feeling like you're just going to keep falling until you hit space. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I hope that gravity kicks in. Oh. You don't just have to like, look at the earth as you like, fall away. <laughs> no! No! Yeah, that would be, uh, be pretty horrific, man. I've had many dreams yeah, of being like... in space and, like, falling off of a space station or a spaceship and, like, floating out into nothingness. Fuck that. Ugh. Three people survived. Uh, Zeb or Zed or whatever his name is just walks off into the night and uh, George and Scarlet, I assume go off to get married and uh, have a couple kids and settle down. I think that I would have preferred this film to have had a bad ending. Or like, not a bad ending, a, a, a negative. Yeah. Yeah, like where I, I, I don't think that they should have escaped and I think that had they done some things differently near the end, it could have held a much more uh, frightening and cohesive package. I think the only reason that I, like, I agree, I much prefer down endings. Um, the only thing that I don't really mind is that because it's pre presented as a found footage film, like, if they didn't make it out, how would we have seen the tape? Mm, very, very fair. That's a good point. But I do agree that having three of six people survive is... It's kind of a bold move because, uh, I mean, usually you get one, if not none. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's the the people surviving. It's just the the way in which it was executed. Yeah, things are just fine. Got, yeah, a little, little little bit too smooth on the on the exit. Mm -hmm. However, with the ending that we did get, I kind of would have almost like just appreciated that they went the full distance with like an Animal House ending. Kind of had like a little follow up. For each of them on the, oh, yeah. on the outro credits. Definitely. I also think that Zeb or Zed should have... I mean, a, an experience like that makes you friends for life, I would assume. So, like, stick around, man. Don't go walking off into the night by yourself. Yeah, I, I would be pretty eager, I think, to get as far away from that hole as possible. Yeah, that's fair. Like, go to a pub. So, somewhere with lots of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I preferably have a shower first. Again, starting to compare it to the descent of my brain. At one point, Scarlet finds herself in a pool of blood. It's pretty cool. Would you look at that? Like a good blood pool. Oh yeah, and there's like all like, those like skeleton hands coming out of the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. I wonder. I wonder if I would have had a different opinion if I knew more about the Bible. Yeah, I do think that there is like a lot of um, religious subtext that like it's a very interesting film. Overall, I really enjoyed it. I just didn't uh, think it is as flawless as I remember it being upon my first viewing. Yeah, because when yeah. I first saw it, like I really liked this. Yeah, movie. we watched it together on Netflix, and we're both like, "Yo, that was sick." Yeah. And then and this time it's it's still a good package. I just was, yeah, it, it had a few things that kind of lost me a little bit. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, yeah, all in all, it was a tasty dish. I got some fun stuff about John Eric Dowdle, the uh, director. He did, among other things, uh, the film's Quarantine, which was the American adaptation of Wreck. Another found footage film. Maybe the first found footage film I ever saw. And uh, he also did Devil. That one in the elevator. Hello, uh, Emily. 
it, it, seem, maybe. it seems like... Or I guess maybe he just wrote it. Or... Yeah, I don't know, man. It. Uh, I could also be full of shit. I'm just looking at uh, the old Wikipedia here. No, it is the... Uh, it is the one. Oh, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's a it's an M Night Shyamalan story. Okay, cool, neat. I, I you know I actually wouldn't mind um, rewatching Quarantine sometime soon just because I haven't seen that for ages. You know what we should do is do a little series, do a wreck, and do a Quarantine back to back comparison. That'd be nice. Yeah, you know, and it it would be a very fitting uh, pairing of films to watch right now. So. Absolutely. You know what might also be interesting? Is trying to find a copy of Wreck that didn't have subtitles. Because it's a Spanish language found footage film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just view it like it's yeah. just raw found like footage. Like you actually just found a tape. Okay. Yeah. That would be cool. We got to do that some would research. Be cool. Fuck yeah. Ooh, yeah. That'd be spooky All right, shit. Cool. Right on. Uh, okay. It's old. Um. Yeah. What are your uh, What are your final impressions of this one? Overall, I definitely recommend it for found footage. I think it's got a lot of good scares. I think it's got a super strong start. Good qualities outweigh the bad, but there are a a lot of a lot of bits in there for our more nitpicky folks. Uh, so if you're really keen on details, I do think a few things are a little bit, eh, uh, but overall a good dish. I, I'm personally going to give it a 70 out of 100. Yeah, I, uh, that's about in the wheelhouse for me. I guess, like, it does, like, like we were saying, kind of, especially towards the start, like, it, if you're looking at a cave slash underground movie, it's got all the things, um, it features some culty stuff, it's got a little satanic stuff. It's got some heaven, it's got some hell, it's got some history, it's got some art, a couple good scares. But again, like I'm the more I'm watching these movies, man, I'm realizing how hard it is to stick a landing. Like I don't know why, but like that is clearly the hardest part is getting that just like just right. Yeah. Um so for that reason, I'm going to give this uh I gotta reflect a little bit because I wonder how much of my distaste this time around is because I've seen it now three times. Oh, like if I if this were my first time around, I'd probably give it like a seventy-five. I'm gonna change mine from a seventy. I'm gonna give it sixty-nine, mm. and I think that that is the perfect number for this film. Mm. I know that's that's a sideways thing. But oh shit! Just... You're right. As above, so yeah. below. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know what, this, I think, is a really good movie to use if you, if you're starting to get into horror, like, starting to really like horror, but you haven't seen a lot of it, like, you've seen a few movies, and you're looking for, like, a good scare, and you're not as overly anally critical as we are, um, I think this would be a really good one to either show someone, or to, like, get yourself pretty spooked if you're not already jaded as far as scares go yeah i i, I definitely plan to rewatch it in the future it's mm -hmm. got some really good vibes it is kind yeah. of it's one of those classics like it's just there now and yeah i'll definitely agree with you if you're still kind of new to horror and you want to get in on the found footage scene then this is a dynamite pick hey what's that what's that other found footage one that's kind of like this and i think it's got some australia it's like i don't know if it takes place in australia but i think it stars some australians and it splices in some like documentary footage. Do you remember what? Well, there's the Lake Mungo. That's it, Lake Mungo. Because yeah, that that one's got some. That's an interesting movie. Does that one have like it, the, yeah, the, it, the tunnels and stuff? Like the like the like at night they're looking through. Anyway, we don't. Whatever. Oh, maybe that's a different movie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you thinking? No, are I, you oh. seeing it now? Are you seeing it? Yeah, no, I, I I know what you're talking about. Okay, I, that 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 is a very different film. I, I think always it's just called the tunnel. I think you're right because I always confuse it with this one in my head. Oh man, I would love to rewatch that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the tunnel. Oh fuck yeah, dude! 
An investigation into a government cover-up leads uh, to a network of abandoned train tunnels deep beneath the heart of Sydney. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that in ages. Yo, that one is so good. Okay, dude, all right, yeah, let's... Okay, nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on such a found footage kick right now. Okay, you know what, so a little, little bit more cred to As Above, So Below. It's definitely put me right back in the found footage mood. Like, I'm... I'm a, I'm a big found footage fan, so it doesn't take much, but... And I'm a big fan of alliteration. <laughs> you know, found footage fan? Damn. Uh, <laughs> okay, guys, uh, we've gone on... This has gone on long enough... Uh, we would love ever so much to hear what you have to say about this movie or really anything. Um, the world is a scary place right now and, uh, let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we are at cddlpod, uh, on Instagram and... We also have a little email address. If you feel like sending us a funny photo, maybe maybe one of those cute little animal videos. Anyway, that address is cddlpod at gmail.com. Don't go into tunnels, guys. They'll get you. Stay safe and we love you. What's the, what's the best way to say yeah, for like a, not assuming what time people are listening to it? Y'all take care now. <laughs> Y'all <man. laughs> I don't know. Let's see what we get.